1: You know, I put a uh, post out on social media in past days here with a very ominous message. Does the government control the media? And boy, it hit a few nerves, I'll tell you, and uh, a lot of response, a lot of comments, and we'll get into some of that today, but the overarching message today, listen, if there are two things we could really fix, in our I and mean, if there are just two things, we're lucky if we get one, right? But if there were two things I could fix quickly, one would be to fix the media, adjust the fourth estate for sure. And the second one would be to abolish racism in our nation. What do you think? That's my wish list anyways. I don't know what yours is. But those if I could do those two things, uh, we could solve a lot of problems, you see? And think about it, it's it's true, because racism is the go-to card that the left uses on every possible dimension of discussion. That's the, go oh, look over there, look over there, there it is again, and it's just constant. It just gets so damn annoying, you know? There's that, and you know, a lot of the results we're experiencing right now in our politics and policies and disinformation and so many walks of life, people it really comes to the untruths and with the media. And so just fixing those couple of things would probably set us on an entirely different course here. Think about that and it it really would. We'll get back to that government control of the media, but listen, we are also at a moment of this major spark that really was heard around the world. And it's a year anniversary, I know you probably don't wanna hear this, but of the George Floyd incident. And that was a spark that was really heard around the world because protests were all over our country, but they were all over the the entire globe actually. Uh, Countries had uprisings everywhere. Something about that video that sparked a raw emotion in folks for a lot of reasons. And I'm not gonna downplay any of that. I'm not here to second guess any of that stuff, but it is a fact. But what happened is it, it tore the 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 bandage off of the uh, the scab that America consistently has, and that is this racism uh, call this charge. Uh, I wonder often if we'll ever get over that as a nation. It, it is just a horrible bruise on uh, you know on our history. Um, but you know burying our history is not going to fix the future for sure. We've got to embrace our history in every way we can to remember. Uh, the mistakes we made along the way, well, and the part of that challenge is that we get it right in the future, right? I mean, that's the whole thing. If we can look back to history, we have a better shot moving forward. That's the way I see it anyways. But, you know, there's a lot of things with this whole, um, you know, we talk about um, these uh, radical groups like Antifa and Black Lives Matter and that sort of thing. Uh, there was an interesting leaked memo that you may or may not be aware of, in fact. And this was from the State Department. Uh, and uh, Joe Biden's State Department, that is, this is current we're talking about here. And uh, he, they are uh, encouraging uh, their offices and employees to display Black Lives Matter messaging on the anniversary of George Floyd's death in, uh, th- that was uh, May uh, 25th that happened actually. So uh, that kind of puts a little bit in perspective and that's, that's a sore spot for a lot of Americans as well. When you dive into that topic. But I want to start now. I want to talk about this. Well, they're hoaxes, for sure. There's a lot of race hoaxes out there, but also what I call race hustling. There's a lot of race hustling. And, you know, when people don't want to face the truth, they don't want to really talk about the issues or the problems. That appears to be the go to argument the Marxist left use uh, in every regard. And it's been building for a long time, people. This is not a new argument. It's just that it's exposed again, is what's happened. I want to open the program up here and bring on a gentleman for the first time. Bernie Jacques is here, and he is a great Black American, and he is was a, an appointee. He is an appointee for Governor Ron DeSantis in the great state of Florida uh, to the Judicial Nominating Commission. He's a, a former prosecutor running for Florida House of Representatives, District 66, and his overarching mission is to make sure that Florida and America in the greater volume uh, remain the land of freedom and opportunity and boy that is a tall order today it seems there uh, Bernie Jacques welcome to the program brother it's awfully good to have you here thanks for having me on i appreciate it absolutely and so you are in the right place at the right time to have a big conversation and let's have it uh, i'd like to start with uh, well, so, listen, this this memo I just talked about, so this was a memo leaked from the State Department, uh, President Biden's um, State Department, encouraging officers and employees to display Black Lives Matter message in, uh, on the anniversary of G- George Floyd's death. Now, li- listen, I, I don't want to make today about BLM. That's not the point of this, but it's a starting point to say to you, I mean, really, what is BLM? Because all indications are it's not exactly peace and tranquility thereafter. So what gives, what's your take on that? And what's the motive for the administration asking the State Department to display all this all over and pull up all that emotion
2: again? What do you make of it? Sure. I mean, when we ask the question, uh, who is and what is BLM, we need to take them at their word. You know, this is an organization on their own website that says that Uh, They are deeply rooted and founded on Marxist principles and that they do not believe in the current construct of our great nation. And and particularly um, do not believe and and believe they should destroy uh, things like the nuclear family, uh, something that is the building block of society, that uh, is the, the fabric that holds us together. This is the very thing that they want to destroy um, through, through Marxist principles. And if you don't believe what they're telling us, surely we can uh, you know, believe them in their, in their deeds and the things that they do and their actions. Uh, this is, uh, the organization is a very radical organization that seeks to disrupt, they disrupt on the streets, they engage in these violent protests and try to call them peaceful protests um, that really just amount to looting and burning and the harming of police officers. And, and, and they call for the defunding of the police officers. So not only do they fight in the streets, but then they go into the halls of government and pressure uh, elected officials to act on their radical policies through defunding measures and, 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 and through penalizing our brave men and women in law enforcement.
1: Bernie, that is one of the best uh, summary uh, p- uh, versions of the description of that organization that I've heard to date, my friend. That is solid. Yeah. Uh, You describe it perfectly, uh, as far as I can see. And I didn't know what you were going to say, quite frankly, but that that is exactly what it is. Now, you know, one of the things that come to my mind when you put out what you say is how many, why so many people are disillusioned. You know, I put it into a couple of camps here, uh, Bernie, like, okay, so there are those people who don't really know the truth because they hear the words Black Lives Matter. And Well, that's that's an oxymoron. Of course, Black Lives Matter. I mean, hello. But that's what the left is so famous for. They are absolutely brilliant. I mean, they they are scholars in packaging their messaging, which the right is not very good at all at it. They're clumsy as hell. But the left are brilliant at it. And they do this uh, bait and switch all the time. But why do Americans fall for it, do you think?
2: Yeah. I mean, they, they certainly do that. They, they know, they have a way with words, right? And and so they use that as a way to seize on opportunities um, to basically inject, you know, the radical ideology. Uh, the reason why some Americans fall for it, and, and thank goodness many patriots uh, have not, uh, many of which are your listeners, I would imagine, have not fallen for this. But what ends up happening is you know americans by nature are decent you know people who want to do the right thing and so if you're not well steeped and in, and in, in, in the political affairs of the current day it, it's natural for somebody who's just fair-minded a fair-minded american to hear that phrase and to hear what they supposedly are trying to do to to simply go along with it because you don't want you want to be a decent person so there's that camp right there's people that you know they're not completely paying attention they're like well yeah, I mean, this sounds like a good thing, you know, social justice, you know, that, that, that sounds like a good thing. And then there's also people who are, quite frankly, intimidated. And, and that is, again, another tactic straight out of the pages of Marxism. They're intimidated uh, from uh, regarding social backlash that they may get from family and friends if they do not support this agenda. Um, there is uh, intimidation at the workplace. What would an employer say if I do not go along with this agenda? And and what will you know? My 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 groups and my mom's club, you know my, you know whatever you're involved with. What what would they say about me if I if I openly say that I do not agree? And so there is this construct of people wanting to be accepted under different groups, whether it be their families, civic organizations, churches, what have you. That when the left co-opts something like a word like Black Lives Matter. And then you have to kind of push back against it to reveal what they're really about. It then puts you in a bad position where you can be subject to ridicule uh, and and, and being canceled (laughs) in uh, in this new age of the woke left. Yeah, they're
1: using what you're describing really is intimidation tactics, right?
2: Correct. Absolutely. That's that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. And
1: when you say the cancel culture and the woke, we've been, you know, our network, our platform at America Out Loud spend a fair amount of time on these topics of woke a lot of our Host and our writers are pretty incensed with the whole thing and how the left has done this, you know, knocking the historical statues down and canceling people out for anything. And you know, I've been asking the question a lot lately, uh, Bernie, like, who are they? Who who, who exactly are they? Uh, because we always hear the word they, 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 you know, cancel culture, woke, uh, the Black Lives Matter, they. And I, say, I keep
2: asking, who are they? And do you who who do you think they are (laughs) uh you know as far as uh, you mean as far as these these people who try to cancel yeah uh, and woke and all of this stuff yeah well listen i mean i think they're just you know your modern day Marxists. i mean that's that's really what it comes down to and and they're using all the tactics in the book every tool at their disposal uh to infiltrate institutions um, whether it be academia, K-12 education, uh, corporations, I mean, corporate America has been taken over by, by this woke ideology, and even our military, as we saw with, with the recent um, ad uh, that they came out with. And so these are, you know, people, and I think they're a very loud minority. You know, it's not, the majority of Americans are not subscribing uh, to this ideology where, it's um, you know, if you if you dissent from from basically liberal philosophy, um, you are to be dismissed, you know, from polite society. That's really what it comes down to, and and you have no say, you have no place at the table and the marketplace of ideas uh, to exchange your ideas, and so it's a very totalitarian, authoritative viewpoint. But they've done it under the guise of social justice as crusaders um, for uh, so-called victims um, mm-hmm. who need their aid. And, 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 and certainly this puts fear into some institutions because they do not want to be perceived as racist or insensitive, um, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, it's,
1: you know, growing up as a young boy, I, I you know, you, I had thought that we were making progress in our nation Against this ugly, ugly scar of racism. I mean, it is absolutely despicable. Yet the left, they just, it is their go to, and we've seen this over decades. And it's not a new argument, it's an old argument, actually. Right. It looked like we were making progress, but a lot of that hit back uh, and came back strong. It, it was one of the things they seemed to bring back to really try to target the Trump administration in a big way. And yet, you know, there really weren't any signs of that in his business life, Trump I'm speaking of specifically, yet they rallied around that and tried to, you know, um, tarnish him in every way that they could, no matter what happened. And uh, since then, we are Really headed the wrong direction with all of this, including critical race theory and all the things that are happening here. And then these race hustlers and the hoaxes out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you, as as a understanding the political environment, um, how in in how how incensed are you as a Black American yourself? I mean, I, I can't. I can't speak for you, but certainly you can. How do you, what is your sense and how do you feel in your soul with this sort of debate and conversation that's going on and that we never seem to get over this
2: thing? Very incensed. And here's the the thing, Malcolm, you are correct. We actually have made a lot of progress in this country when it comes to race relations. Imagine if you will, there are literally people alive today, right? There are people alive today, alive and well, who were around, when they had to drink from different water fountains because of their color of their skin, that had to attend different schools because of their color of their skin, um, had to sit at a certain part of the bus because of the color of their skin. And yet these same people you know, got, to, uh, are, uh, got to be around to see a black man who, mind you, I didn't agree with, I think he was a lousy president, but got elected twice in this country. And we're supposed to believe that this is some kind of a racist country <laughs> I mean, the the, the the immense amount of progress that happened in a short period of time is actually a testament to how great our country is, that so much progress was able to be made. And the fact that, I mean, you look at all sorts of categories. I mean, people have, the the, the races have been living together. I mean, you, even a thing like uh, interracial marriage is an all-time high, right? When there was a time when, you know, people, you know, that's not something you would do. And, and But yet we're, we're supposed to not believe our own eyes um, as to what's happening in the country and supposed to automatically believe that we're somehow living in the 1940s and that somehow uh, there's a institutionalized racism happening when in fact it's not. And so th- this, is the, this is the issue with the woke left. They want to have an altered reality um, that is divorced from the current reality because for their ideology to thrive, they need there to be victims, right? If there's no victims, there's no reason why mm. a big government should be coming to save the day. Why do we need them <laughs> if there's no victims, right? So people have to feel victimized and feel that there needs to be some kind of a savior um, coming from a centralized government and uh, to, to come settle the score against uh, others, uh, mind you, based on their color of their skin, which is a complete regression of where we've come from. Mm,
1: Wow. You know, you say the left need victims. And let's think about that a moment. Uh, I think Bernie just hits a a spark for me. Um, So if you, you know, we, we use this word Marxist a fair amount these days. I've been using it for quite a while because I've seen the writing on the wall, uh, but I'm afraid we got to be careful, too, because sometimes, you know, we use it so much that it just blends in like, well, it's just another word, you know. But yet a Marxist mentality is really, I mean, that is really not any part of what America stands for and what it is. Um, so when you when I think about Bernie the left and the way that I do, and I'm thinking that, OK, if they could debate and argue policy if the policies were really good for the people, OK, and they could stand on policy and we could have that conversation and debate at the water cooler about all of it. I'm talking everything. All right? Well, then. You know, chances are many of their policies they would lose on because the American people would be on to the to to the scam at that point that it is, which would expose those Marxist tendencies. So so I'm thinking about this as you're talking now and I'm thinking that my mind. Okay, so if they really need victims, so victimhood is their game because that's all a deflection. Because if, if you're out with all of these woke, cancel, uh, hustling, critical race theory issues, you really never have to talk about the policies. You just have to run around calling everybody a racist. And that seems to work perfectly, but then your policies never get exposed. right? And it's all a deflection.
2: It's a camouflage campaign, I guess. Does that make sense? It, make, it makes all the sense. Uh, the fact of the matter is uh, a debate, the debate does not benefit them. It does not benefit their aim because to your point, most reasonable Americans would see right through it and no one would voluntarily sign up for what they're trying to push. And so they have to do it in, in ways that are very deceiving and ways that seem uh, altruistic and, and good. Um, and, and, and And then... Uh, couple that with intimidation tactics because then they've declared on their own that you know, their viewpoint is the right thing, is the, is the right thing to help people who are disenfranchised and are being marginalized, and et cetera, et cetera. And so then you're in a box because now you didn't even get to have the debate because now, now, that you, now if you express any kind of opposition, the, the, the false debate has already been framed that their position is the righteous one and they've already gotten powerful institutions on board, such as major corporations, uh, your workplace, and, and 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 academics. So now the chips are stacked against you. Now, if you do raise opposition, you're already put in that category of uh, of, of the bad people. So, so I mean, <laughs> I gotta tell you, I mean they've they've done a number. They've done a number in this country. But it's going to take patriots to stand up and, and push back. And and not take it anymore because um, they've made all of this progress over time. It wasn't overnight, you know. They they they've been working at this, and this we're seeing the culmination of it. And they're using incidents like uh, the the George Floyd uh, incident that happened a year ago today um, to to expound on it to gain even more ground. And you have this situation now where our own U.S. government is telling um, our embassies to fly. BLM flags And my, my, my question to, to, to the government would be, I mean what part uh, of, of the BLM um, agenda are you adopting as a country? Mm-hmm. Are you saying our nation is now signing up for are we Marxists because they're telling us they're Marxists or are you saying you don't believe in a nuclear family here in the United States anymore? because that's what they're telling us or, or you know, are you saying you want to defund our police? I mean, this administration needs to be held to account and be asked these tough questions because by flying that flag, flags represent ideals. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I could see asking um, the press secretary, Jen Zaki, uh, at a press conference. And you could know that she'll deflect that thing. Well, we really do believe the-. she would not answer any of that. They don't answer oh, yeah. anything.
2: She, she'd have to circle back.
1: <laughs> That's it, brother. They, they avoid all the questions. with, with they, they never come up with a straight answer. It's, it's pretty sick, actually. And the media gives them a a pass all the time, Bernie, they get a pass consistently. And because they don't hold their feet to the fire to say, give us an answer here. That's really the underlying message of a lot of this is our media. You know, when we talk about a couple of things as you just laid it out, got me thinking again with race in this country. Here we are at this point, as you say, we, we. we thought we were making tremendous progress as a nation from really an earlier time with ancestors that we had no control over whatsoever, but it, it was a fact what had taken place in, in, in the, this country and around the world, but, uh, but America and the conservative movement is the one that came to the rescue of black America. Uh, and, and, uh, that, that is a fact. It wasn't the left. I mean, uh-huh. they continue to propagate this narrative. They're just brilliant at marketing and packaging. So here's the thing. I'm wondering, and, you know, as long as we're alive here now, Bernie, uh, I'm wondering in our lifetime, I mean, you know, yeah, we can talk progress and we can hold it. Like you said, we got to hold them to it and ask the tough questions and all of this. But do you ever think we'll get to a day, I mean, this is a hard question because you know where I'm going. Do you think we'll ever get to a day in our lifetimes, you and I, where we don't talk about this? Like where we we did finally mature and get up over this thing, knowing that we are all really equal under God's eyes and color is, I mean, that's gonna, I mean, let's let's talk
2: about brains rather than color. How's that? <laughs> right, right. And it's basically, I mean, what you describe as the dream, right? The dream that Martin Luther King uh, Amen. described. <laughs> People being judged by their content of their character not by the color of their skin, right? And so the, the dream still has to be realized. And I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm one of those that, you know, I'm a, I'm a happy warrior, I guess you can say, and that I think we can make advancements. And the same way the left does it, uh, they're, they're always at work. And like I said, we didn't get to this point overnight. They've been chipping away and chipping away at the system. And we need to do the same thing and, and, and chip away and hack away um, and and, and uh, on behalf of american values and uh, on behalf of this um, ideal that you describe where people treat each other um, uh, based on the content of their character and as fellow americans and so but but it's gonna take voices like ours to to be bold and to continue to challenge you know the narratives uh, of the far left, uh, uh, of these woke cancel culture warriors, as I call them. And, um, and, and we need to duke it out <laughs> and, 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 and to win the future. You've got to duke it out to win the future. All these race hustlers and
1: race hoaxes that go on, I think back to the hu- race hustlers, when I think of you know, the Al Shoptons and the, the Jesse Jacksons, um, it, which uh, it always made me sick when I seen them run to a camera. Uh, I mean, and I, I, you, you, know, you've seen this 20 years ago, this isn't a new event with these kind of people, but then you take some of these uh, current hoaxes like the Tawana Brawley and the Smullett uh, the NASCAR, that NASCAR was a huge story at the time, you know, yeah. and then you got, you get college kids, you know, uh, 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 black students doing KKK graffiti at the colleges and things of that nature. And you hear a lot of these stories out there. And what is the motivation for, for certain groups within the black community, the black black americans why did they want to become part of the race hustling uh atmosphere what do they get out of
2: it do you know man i wish i wish huh. i could tell you <laughs> i mean because i it, it's something that puzzles me as well i mean i can i can speculate i mean there is um one one common sense explanation it could be a profit motivation for some um, it, it, it pays and it keeps irrelevant for there to be Um, controversies regarding race and and then you are the the go-to guy or gal that comes to the rescue and you are the point person and you get tv gigs and contracts and book deals because you are uh, somehow the authority on race and the leader of the blacks you know because um, you know but uh, yeah but it's a it's a race hustle as you mentioned and so that is exactly what it is, I think, I mean, I think there is an industry that supports this kind of thing. And it's not to say that you ignore when injustices happen, but not every situation is a racist situation. And when we do that and approach it like that and make it seem like every little slight that happens to minorities, is a racist situation, it does a disservice to when a real situation will occur. And so the people like the Smollett's and Wallace and, and the examples that you mentioned are doing a severe disservice to an incident that, that rarely happens, mind you. And it's, it's, a, it's a very rare thing that actually happens in modern day America. But um, in the event that it does, it is it, going to be like the boy who cried wolf because th- these people will never miss an opportunity um, to paint something as racism, even when it has nothing to do with race. <laughs> In our in our media
1: uh, outlets they capitalize on all this because I guess what they do Bernie is they sensationalize it all because you know they we always said I mean it was always said to us as kids that bad news is what seems to sell and it's so despicable the news cycle now and the bad news I mean you just get sick looking at it and a lot of people they just glance at the headlines and the headlines are always charged. they're really charged headlines. Um, most people never read the content; they're just looking at headlines because that's all they really have time for, or don't really well, want to bother into the
2: weeds. That's a real problem, isn't it? It's a it's a huge it's a huge problem. I think the old phrase is "if it bleeds, it leads" or something like that. That's no, that's, yeah. exactly it. that's exactly <laughs> right. it. So right. so yeah, no yeah, the the media is completely complicit, of course, with these uh, highly charged uh, headlines and. And again, I mean, it, it, it does a disservice to the conversation and to the discourse. And it just makes, it's, it's, it, it, it has very severe negative ramifications mm-hmm. for youth in particular, because if, you know, you talked about critical race theory, which is complete garbage, uh, Marxist ideology being brought into our schools. Our governor here in Florida has vowed to stand against it. And as state representative, um, once I'm elected, I'll, I'll be a strong ally of our governor, to make sure that this does not appear in our schools, no matter what name they try to bring it under. But again, this is teaching, you know, youth to hate each other, again, based on the color of their skin. So if you have, uh, you know, just to kind of summarize in a simplistic way, um, in essence, after a lesson in critical race theory, um, the black students are looking at the white students just because they're white as oppressors. And, 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 And the white students are asked to believe that just because somebody is black, a kid's black, that they're automatically some kind of a victim. And and when you go throughout life like that, it builds resentment, and it also uh, it starts fulfilling a prophecy, basically that you were told you're a victim. So you start thinking you are actually a victim. So you 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 limit yourself. You don't try different things. You don't go into different and in, in certain rooms because you you, you think that the chips are stacked against you. You think there's an institution out to get you, and it truly does a disservice to Black communities um, because. It, it, it's a way to mentally hold people down when you're teaching them at an early young age that you are a victim, um, never mind all the great opportunities this nation affords, uh, and 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 to tell a white students that they're somehow oppressors for nothing they had nothing to do with <laughs> their children, mind you, and it, it's it's disgusting. It's sad. It it, it really is. We're finally starting to see
1: some of this indoctrination in the school system. We were talking about it, well, 10, 20 years ago, but we're actually starting to see more people are now aware of it. And I think a lot of that happened, Bernie, through the pandemic with the homeschooling and all of that. Potentially Mm -hmm. that was a silver lining, maybe. I don't know.
2: Interesting, Yeah.
1: Yeah, because, yeah, of, you know, a so, right? a lot of parents got more involved in the curriculum and that sort of thing. Now, the Biden administration is pushing for states to include this uh, CRT, critical race theory, in, in the curriculums. Or the Department of Education uh, will cut off the state funding. And, you know, uh, with that said, uh, it, it, I want you to comment on this. One of our writers uh, on the platform on America Out Loud, George McClellan, said this in a piece, which I thought was very appropriate. He says, Oh, okay, cool. He said, What an opportunity to cut the umbilical cord to Biden's Frankenstein monster of socialist woke incursions into our American republic back to critical race theory in the schools. What do you say to that?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, um, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that, that, that is the stance we need to definitely push back. I mean, states everywhere have to push back uh, against the federal government uh, and and these, uh, these mandates, these, uh, especially when it comes to this indoctrination social engineering play that they're, that they've subscribed to. And Right. I mean, this, you know, with with great trials come great opportunities. And these are opportunities for uh, patriots everywhere, conservatives, uh, true Americans to stand up and to say, you know, we're not going to accept this. We're not going to be bullied by federal government under the threat of funding. And we're going to uh, 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 pursue real education as opposed to liberal indoctrination.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it, my friend. Last thought to get from you on the media itself. Um, and this is a, a real problem in our country, the getting any sort of truth out there. Right now, there's a full-on media uh, onslaught on the American people of untruths. And we've seen this through, oh my golly, so many scandals, uh, Bernie, and so many things over so the past many, many years. How concerned are you truly in your heart when when I talk about the media now, I'm talking about all the newspapers, all the television, all of the even the social media oligarchs here, all of this twisted information and, and the drip, 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 drip out there of bad information. As you say, you, you know, the old theory is you say it enough times and a lie becomes the truth. How concerned are you as a public figure and one who's going to run into office now and, and one who's a, an appointee from the governor and, and uh, has a, has an opportunity to make a real difference? Um, how concerned are you and how concerned should we be in the fact that we're dealing with really a, a, a very defunct
2: fourth estate? Yeah, we should be concerned. It, it's reached a, a dangerous point. And and. And the thing is, I mean, when you have a monopoly over information, um, not only through the traditional corporate media, but um, as you mentioned, through the tech giants, through social media, it it becomes very dangerous to the marketplace of ideas. We, in essence, now have these tech oligarchs basically acting as de facto um, uh, uh, rulers and overseers of American life. And I don't think that's what the founding fathers intended one bit they intended a republic, they intended self-governance through, through, through representation, not through unaccountable, unelected tech CEOs and media corporate CEOs. So it's definitely an issue. Uh, there has to be policies proposed at every level of government that pushes back on this thing. In Florida, our great governor, Ron DeSantis, just announced uh, a bill that takes on big tech and and the big tech giants, and and it it puts in new rules and equips Floridians and our attorney general with the ability to sue uh, uh, social media giants if they improperly censor and deplatform not only uh, candidates because that was one of the big issues we saw in the 2020 elections. Mm -hmm. Uh, We saw interference from social media uh, in the, for example, the Hunter Biden story, right? Completely buried. And they basically admitted it later after the election, right? But that was a huge, in essence, an in-kind donation to the Biden campaign when you did something like that and basically silenced anybody who tried to bring forth the story. And and so we in Florida have just decided that, you know, if a a candidate is the platform, a statewide candidate is the platform, uh, that social media company will be fined $250,000 per day. Mm. And if any other candidate uh, is the platform, it will be $25,000 per day. And then also ordinary citizens also have recourse uh, to sue if they're being censored and so forth. And so I expect challenges from liberal lawyers, but this will be a good uh, test model for the nation and hopefully other states will follow along, but hopefully we'll get some kind of resolution to this and and start reining in uh, what's in essence, these monopolies, uh, monopolies over information. Yeah. Uh,
1: Bernie Jacques, you are an incredible voice you really are. you um, your uh, positioning on so many of these issues and the conversations are uh, uh, should be an awakening for everybody. Uh, thank you for everything you're doing, number one, in public life and uh, putting yourself out there in the way that you are. We
2: really appreciate that, brother. Malcolm, thank you so much for having me on the program. If anybody anybody wants to learn more, please go to bernieforflorida.com. That's bernieforflorida.com. And it is Bernie with a Y. Uh, That's bernieforflorida.com.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so with Bernie, again, to remind you all, he is running for the Florida House of Representatives District 66. This is the kind of voices we need in public life, my friends. It really, truly is. We need people who wear their heart on their sleeve, who are authentic. You know, the thing I love about radio is you can't hide You can't hide. You can tell how authentic Bernie Jacques is just by the way he positions his answers and the flow of information. Again, it's what I love about this medium. You can't hide behind it. Your authenticity shines right through. Listeners can hear. And they know when you're pulling the wool over their eyes. And here's a guy who is as sincere as potentially could be. And you know, the other thing I'm so encouraged with, we need great leadership in the black american community you know we have dr carol swain on the network ron edwards on the network. we have many others around this network and platform but here's a guy as well this is what's going to turn that tide and expose all this uh, to to all of america including black america and all of it we've got to expose and get the truth out there what i call the out loud truth already Uh, So we'll pick that up in just a moment right after the pause here, my fellow Americans. Stay right there, more Voice of a Nation in just a moment.
0: Listen to Malcolm, the Voice of a Nation on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android,
3: or Alexa. Each of us is born with 30 trillion cells that make us. These cells determine how we feel, perform, sleep, focus, and how long we live. And to live our best life, all we have to do is feed our cells. But most food and supplements don't reach our cells, keeping us from reaching our full potential. Make every cell count with Healthy Cell. Founded with a mission to empower people to take control of their own health at the most fundamental level, Dr. Vincent Jampapa, world-renowned cell researcher and medical doctor, created supplements that work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. And that's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L. And use code OUTLOUD for 20% off.
1: The America Out Loud family is comprised of patriots in the true sense of the word. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty and the Constitution to help save America for future generations to come. AmericaOutloud.com. It's a fight for the
0: soul of humanity. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of americaoutloud.com.
1: Welcome back to Voice of a Nation. It's yours truly here, Malcolm Out Loud. And uh, what a great uh, beginning of the program that was. Hardly gets any better than that. Uh, First time I ever spoke to the man, but uh, Bernie Jacques, a just a terrific voice. Uh, again, we need more great black Americans standing up tall and uh, you know, insisting that we have a better path forward for, for all of us. And, uh, and I appreciate his contributions to this program and to the bigger national conversation we're having on this remarkable moment in time. Uh, We see the one-year anniversary of the Floyd incident. Uh, We talk about a lot of the race hustlers out there and race hoaxes that are going on and their need for attention. Uh, And of course, how the Marxist left uses racism in its ugliest and worst possible form they can to divide Americans. It accomplishes nothing, people, and it solves nothing. Uh, there are those days we all wake up and we recognize or realize that, you know, we've undo we, we've undone a lot of the progress we we thought we've made over the last 20, 30 years. And uh, Bernie was talking about that, in fact, as well. You know, and I asked him the question, do you think we'll ever, ever see a time in our lifetimes? I have referenced him and I, although I, my guess is he's probably a little younger than I, uh, although I'm still a young guy. I mean, come on. And um, but, uh, you know, uh, my reference point was, do you think we'll ever see a time that we won't be talking about race in the way that we are in such a divisive way in our nation? It's so ugly, ugly as hell. You know, and I seen that growing up as a young lad. I seen a lot of that around me and I despised it. People like I, I never understood it. And, and I don't understand it. I, I have a hard time wrapping my mind around this, this race thing. I never did get it as even as a kid, I'm saying, I never understood it. You know, we were in a multicultural school. We were never, I never lived in that division. Uh, so I never seen it, you know, we're the separates or like, well, like he referenced, I mean, you heard Bernie talk about there where at one time there were, wa- there was a water cooler. We talk about, I always talk about referencing, you know, talking at the water cooler, but there was a, you know, a black American would have to drink out of one water cooler and a white American would have to drink out of another. That's pretty insane. You know, when you think about, you know, God's people, we are all people, human beings under, under God and black, white, brown, yellow, what difference does it make? You know, wouldn't it be so much better? You know, I referenced that to him if we start judging each other by our brains, our intellect. Wouldn't that be a better way? That I could stand for. That's a that's a sort of uh, uh, possibilities I think I could stand for. Like, do you have any brains? Yeah, that, that I could do. I, I'd like to call out the the, the the dumb shits that way, you see? That'd be a better way to do it. I have no problem with that, people, because most of them are in political office, <laughs> That would be easy to do, man. It would be a joy. I look forward to that. Yeah, well, listen, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, it's just as such a turnoff when it comes to this whole race hustling thing. But I bring it back to the media. And I, I, I really, and I've referenced up front to you, and I wasn't kidding. I said to you, if there were two things, if, I, if we all had a wish list, and we could change a couple of things in this life, what would they be? Well, for me, they would be the race card. It would be racism, that it was so abolished it never existed. That would be a beautiful day for humanity, actually. That would be my wish list right there, that'd be one. But the other one that's on equal footing is the media, to make it mandatory, mandate truth in media, truth in media. No more fake media, no more agenda-driven garbage, just deal with the truth, the facts. I'm telling you, my fellow Americans, if we could fix those two things, um, 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 surely we would have a whole new day, would be paradise again in America, wouldn't it now, you know? You think about the media, how corrupt it is. You see, the the media is really the the common denominator of a lot of these stories. Actually, both of these stories. I referenced that as well with racism. Racism is a common denominator as well. And that's because the Marxist left use it that way. That is always the common denominator that the left uses. But doesn't that make you sick? Doesn't that enrage you the way they do that? And it's because they don't want to talk about policy. I mean, can you, can you figure that out yourself? I mean, they don't want to talk about policy. Why? Well, because they have Marxist tendencies. Why? Well, because Marxist policies are not good for the people. <laughs> can, you, can you help me out here? You know, that's why. So that's why they don't wanna talk about that stuff. So then you camouflage it and you cover all that. So it's, it's just like you know your, your ice cream sundae, you put all that goo at the top, you can't even see the ice cream anymore, it's camouflaged. That's their brand of racism, you see? And that's how they do it. And, and, and uh, it, it is really the biggest problem we have today in all of our circles, societal circles, cultural circles, political circles, and our lifestyle, is the misreporting and the untruths in the media. It, it, it's, uh, it's more than alarming that we're seeing this happening at the pace that it's happening. And it, and it never does get fixed. And even when you see a lot of the Marxist policies come in with the new administration, this uh, number 46, and I haven't referenced it that way before. I, I didn't think I'd be saying it this soon in my life. Doesn't come across natural. I have to be truthful with you here. Number forty-six. Wow, wow. <laughs> but uh, you know, a lot of the policies that the Biden administration has put forth—it's—it's uh, it's a scary, scary proposition for almost all Americans, and the ones who are going to be hit most from these policies is going to be Middle America. Because of the the erosion in our energy and the erosion in our economy, the start of inflation that you're starting to see now, all of these policies are going to hit the pocketbooks of Middle America. It's not the wealthy. That's a joke. That's a, that's another camouflage argument the left puts out there, and that's where you're going to see the problem here in all of this. And and yet, you know, we're we're losing it. We're losing. Um, you know, I, I look at all of this as battles within a war. And of course, the war is the big picture of America, is, you know, our stand grace. A lot of people would suggest to you, we're, we're coming to the end of our ropes, that uh, America's in serious trouble. I know a lot of you listening out there really feel that in your hearts, in your souls. You know, I asked uh, Bernie Jacques some very interesting points or questions about that. But he came back and said, no, I'm, I'm really, I'm still an optimist, Malcolm. And I wanted to hear that from him. I want to hear that from everybody. But it's good to be optimistic, but we got to back that up with policy and a plan of action, people. I mean, we just can't be optimists and fools, right? That's not going to get us anywhere. So we need a plan of action. That's something we need to talk about, how to get, how to get control back, how to, how to get our arms around all of this. Uh, and the fact that the race hustling is out there, the fact that uh, we, we can't, you know, the, the, the corruptness of the media. And, you know, you just, as I said earlier, you just go down and look at the headlines, people. There is no truth in any of it here. I mean, where do you find any truth right now? I look at a lot of the news feeds coming out and the stories in America out loud and the things we're trying to pump out there all, all over the country and around the world. And sure, we, we have writers and hosts that are absolutely after the truth. But that's not the norm in any of the media out there. We don't see that out there. They are all in agenda-driven operation, is what it is. And, and it's hard to, it's 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 hard to get your arms around how we ever fix that because it is so corrupt, it is so vile, it is so agenda driven. But then you wonder where's the pain point? Let's talk about the pain point a moment. And what I mean by the pain point is this when does the media say, I mean. Even those people, because if we turn into a Marxist nation, I got news for you. The first one to go are those clowns. I'm talking about these people who propagate this garbage out there. They're the first ones to go. They're the ones who were going to, I mean, they're going to be put out of business. You know, now certainly the people at the very tip, tip, tip top and those kind of people, when we say they... You know, that's those are the people in the smoky filled room who are looking at it. You know, it's kind of an Orwellian sort of thing. Don't, don't you kind of see that, though? It's like a smoky filled room where they are all sitting in their day and they're salviating, you know, they're all at their little desk, these little evil Knievels, and they've got all these computers around. Yeah, you see you see, though, some of those movies you see, and they're watching all of us because there's cameras in other places what we're doing. Well, I sound like a crackpot, don't I? And, and, you know, they're looking at us all through the cameras and stuff, and they're saying, oh, man, we kind of know what they're doing. Uh, it's a kind of a picture. It's kind of an odd picture. Let me uh, let, let me put someone on the spot right now. Gold star dad, Carl Porfirio. You see the picture I'm painting right now, Carl, in that smoky-filled room, and they're salviating, and all these little mo- monsters are in there right these crazy people what do you say to that carl is that are they watching everything we do have you seen that picture of you know what i'm talking about and they kind of see what we're doing out there what do you make of that
4: uh they're watching everything we do
1: (laughs) i'm not making (laughs) that up
4: you mean huh you're not making that up they're watching everything (laughs) we do i mean uh, every time you go searching for something looking for something if anybody ever notices and i'm sure they do the very uh, in a few hours, the next day, you'll, you'll get an ad uh, promoting something. You were, you may be interested in this. Well, how did they know I was looking at that? How is that even possible? I mean, they're, they're looking at all our social media, at everything that we do. We, there's no escape from it anymore. I don't know how to escape it. You know, they say you can go uh, incognito and things like that. You can change your address over and over and over. But it, it seems like it just keeps coming back. You're not exaggerating, Malcolm. You're 100% spot on. They I, are listening to everything we're saying. I, if that's the we're case,
1: doing. if that's the case, and Kathy, let me ask you, playing on what Carl says right there. If that's the case, and they're in this room and we're talking about this, no. So then, what I'm thinking is this: when we talk about they, and I, I love this reference of they, and I, you know, as you've been hearing me on past shows and even on Viewpoint, I've been asking people, who are they? And when I think of they, Kathy, and I think of, well, like Carl's talking about the social media oligarchs, so like, okay, so they know everything we're doing. And you are right, Carl, because, you know, as soon as you hit something, I mean, it's it's more than spooky. It's it's freaking crazy. I mean, they sort of know what we're doing and what we're going to do before we even do it. So the oligarchs and those people who run the media outlets and the social media outlets, I guess some of those people that are at the top of the food chain, Kathy, they're kind of the they, aren't they?
5: Yes, and but they have a lot of useful idiots to draw upon. <laughs> go ahead, um, go
1: ahead. And,
5: you know, for going further than that, now I'm reading about all these new apps that are coming out to allow people to spy on their neighbors and turn them in. That's where this is all going to. Well, hold on,
1: there's apps that do that. You
5: mean? Oh yes. I even heard of
1: this. Tell me what's this is about?
5: Yes. Um, well, they're basically apps that seem benign enough, right? Right. Um, but they're things like, did your, do you know anybody in your class that didn't get uh, uh, vaccinated, for example? I mean, just very nuanced type of apps that you can actually turn people in. And I was just reading before we came on about the archdiocese. Listen to this. You talk about getting rid of racism, right. that that would alleviate a lot. No, they'll just find something else. And uh, here in where was it? St. Louis, Missouri, the archdiocese, Malcolm, of the Catholic Church um, now put out an, an edict, I guess. I don't know what they call it exactly. I'm not Catholic, but to segregate all the unvaccinated from the vaccinated. Now the unvaccinated aren't allowed in certain parishes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're starting to do this everywhere. I'm seeing some really freaky stories on this whole vaccination thing that are making me uh, very uncomfortable, actually, uh, and and have been. Uh, Carl, have you heard the uh, anything about the apps that, let's open this right up, that Kathy's talking about? Because Kathy, that makes me, I mean, I'm that is more than Orwellian, uh, and I'm just thinking if you're asking people about the neighbors and people they know about vaccines and stuff, have you heard anything about that, Carl?
4: I've seen those, but more like like Kathy is saying, more more toward the socialist countries, more toward maybe even Canada or France or some places like this. Like she says, everybody's spying now. Who who's going to get vaccinated? Who's not getting vaccinated? Why aren't they getting vaccinated? Um, if you saw yesterday in Canada. They were offering ice cream to children while forcing the parents not to touch their children. Offering ice cream to the children to get vaccinated without the parents' permission. Did you all see that? I mean, this is how crazy it is. These apps. So yeah. So, so then, wait a minute. You know, wait a minute.
1: You're saying that they would vaccinate the kids without the parents
4: knowing? Absolutely. It was oh all. gone How yesterday. can that be? In Canada. In Canada. How exactly? How can that be? So. Not only that, you know, in reference to what Kathy's saying about apps. So now they got these parents' names, they got these kids' names, so they know who's getting vaccinated. They know which parents were objecting to their children getting vaccinated. You know, it's just become this total spy country. It's it's, it's total communism. Of course, we know Canada, you know, God save the Queen, bless her heart. But, you know, they're all into that sort of thing. And they don't realize about their own freedoms that are being taken away slowly, 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 just, just zapped from us. Now, back to what you were saying about the church. I was shocked because this past weekend was the first weekend I got to go, um, and, and I, I, I belong to a very small parish, Catholic parish, and it was the first weekend we got to take our masks off and, and sit- In, in church, you I mean? In church. Yeah. I was shocked. I was shocked because I had heard, I had made the comment the week before, I said, you know what, I, to one of the fellow parishioners, I said, look, I'm not coming back to church until they lift this mask mandate. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sticking this mask yeah. back on my face that's the only place I would put the mask on to go to church. And I yeah. said, I'm not sticking this mask back on my face until they lift it. And he says, and so he came out, he said, oh, I stopped and talked to the priest. And he said, the bishops are going to get together, like Kathy was saying, archdiocese and everything, and decide what, are, what is our next step. Well, I had heard, oh, I think they're going to go along with Biden. If you're vaccinated, you can take off your mask. And as far as I was concerned, yep. you yeah. know, well, then I was vaccinated. Yeah, that, I, that's
1: what they're all doing now is they're doing that whole vaccination conversation here. What I want to ask Carl is if he went to confession, that's what I'm wondering, And uh, but we're, we have to cast that on the second hour here. Uh, but I wonder if he went to confession, because you know he was a bad boy with that mask thing, not listening to government, uh, doing whatever he wanted to do, you know, being a free citizen, all the stuff the left hates, <laughs> right? Oh, man, the, the whole vaccination thing is getting actually very scary now. Uh, the fact he's talking about the ice cream and the kids, uh, but I'm seeing a lot of pretty bad stories about how they're they're pushing it. And and it's happening in mainstream circles everywhere. And I, I, I didn't think it would get to this. Actually, people, I really didn't think it was going to get to this. I, I, I have to tell you the truth. I'm surprised that we're actually going there as a society and we're actually succumbing to this, uh, it really blows my mind. I mean, I have a whole lot to say about that and then some. The bigger question today is that I posed up front at the first hour with you is, does the government control the media? Uh, And you can take that question and yes, you can also flip it and a lot of people did by the way, does the media control the government? Well, that's another way to flip it. And there are some people who believe that's true as well. Uh, and I, I put that out on social media, got a, a crazy response from folks who had a lot to say about it. It's interesting to see how people feel about this and how passionate they are about the media and the corruptness of all of this. Well, listen, we're going to pause here after the first hour here, and we'll be back in hour or two in just moments here. Uh, on the voice of a nation. In the meantime, get over to AmericaOutLoud.com and spread the out loud truth from sea to shining sea. We'll join you just on the other side of the second hour. And friends, thanks again, always for being with me on the mission. It's time uh, to get involved and get loud. Welcome to Hour Two, Voice of a Nation. It is Malcolm Aloud here, yours truly, and thank you again for being with us, my fellow Americans, and uh, having a conversation today about the media. And there, are, there are many forms of media. When we say media, we're talking. Sure, you've got the mainstream media, but you got the social media oligarchs. You got the traditional media, and you got the new, the new world order, and you got alternative media. Uh, you got a lot of the new alternative media sites. And you probably would classify us, I, I would imagine, America Out Loud as alternative media. I mean, I, I mean, we don't fit into the mainstream peg, obviously. Right, right? I mean, we don't fit into there. We're not an oligarch and we're not a social So I, I think we'd probably be alternative media. And alternative media, it, it is a new uh, breed and a new breath of fresh air. And I think what you're finding more so with alternative media is uh, predominantly, uh, you're seeing patriots rise. You're seeing grassroots. uh, You're seeing that uh, voices uh, feel we're losing control in our country. Now, when I look at our platform at America Out Loud, for instance, I mean, we have tremendous talent. We have, you know, doctors and engineers and scientists and uh, great authors and brilliant people, really smart people. And uh, they're, they're passionate. They, they know that we're losing, we're losing some of these battles, you know, and again, remember, this is all about battles onto the war of saving America. And if we keep losing the battles, we're going to lose the war. And if we lose the war, my fellow Americans, then America will no longer cease to exist. How's that for a slap upside the head here today of a moment of reality, huh? Yeah? I mean, do you agree with that or do you disagree with that? I don't know how else you'd look at it. I mean, look at all this as battles we're having. And all of these battles, they get us to a destination. And it really is. And we have to ask ourselves, what are we going to be and what do we want to be when we grow up? I'm talking about as a country. Absolutely. you got to figure we're 245 years in. We're a young, young country by any standards around the globe, right? you got to ask, what are we going to be when we grow up? I mean, you think ahead. Now, if, if, if we could think all this way, we think, what are we going to look like 250 years from now? Hell, I don't know. I don't even know how we're going to look five years from now. You know, right now, we would all kind of say, Malcolm, we're not sure how we're going to look five months from now. Yeah, and you're right. And a lot of people think we're sort of in a free fall, uh, free fall of some sort to plummet, almost like in a h- high skyscraper where the elevator just let loose and we're falling floor after floor after floor through the building as we plummet. And we're we'll trying to pull on the brakes there to stop this elevator in its, in its moment, you see, so we can regain control and composure of what's going on. So, you know, listen, that's kind of where we're at. It's all these little battles that are going on One of the battles that I want to take it back to is we uncover the media. And again, that question I asked up front in hour one, does the government control the media? We're definitely going to slay that in this hour, big time, big time. And flip it again, does the media control the government? Now we're going to slay that for a lot of reasons. We're going to get listener comments. We're going to get everything out in the open here on that. And we'll have Team Nation Dive right into that. Before we get there though, I wanna talk about one of those battles that are happening right now across our great nation. And that's the, you know, I, I, every time I say that, now I have to stop and I, my, this is how my mind works people. When I say great nation, you know, my part of my mind, as I, in real terms, as I'm speaking to you, part of my mind asks, it asks me internally Malcolm, are we still a great nation? Uh, Can can you believe that there's part of me that ask myself that uh, as I'm asking you that question? I mean, there's a mechanism in me that ask myself, are we still a great nation? Hmm. Wow. Yeah. American exceptionalism, right? Hmm. Are we still a great nation? It's another profound question, isn't it? And it's a a question along the battles that that we're trying to strive through and we're trying to win some of these battles so we can't take our country back, right? So back to this uh, great nation again that we're fighting for and the big tech censorship that I'd like to speak to you about next. Now, this is a problem, people. This is a real problem. I could use a few adjectives in there too and expletives, but I'm not going to, okay? Going to stay a gentleman. But I'd like to. I'd like to unwind. I need to get a show where I could talk like at 3 a.m. in the morning, you see? And just put a disclaimer on it and then that would be Malcolm Unvarnished or Malcolm Exposed. Here we are, bing, there it is. Would you tune in and listen to me at that time? Hmm. But this big tech censorship bill here, I want to talk about that to Governor DeSantis in the state of Florida, which has national implications to say the least, is one of the things I want to discuss with you. Before we get to that, you know, we are seeing the unraveling now of this censorship is, it is absolutely Orwellian in every sense of the word you know Kathy was talking about just moments ago at the uh in the program at the uh in the first hour about uh, these apps that you're told to spy on your friends and neighbors <laughs> call it the friends and neighbors plan right where you're you're asked to spy on them like did, did like did all are all your neighbors vaccinated or I don't know, you know, do they all like vanilla ice cream or are they racist or do they eat chocolate ice cream, too? I mean, right. Th- things like that. Really important stuff, you know? Yeah. And you're going to be spying on these people now. Stuff. Weird stuff. And Carl was talking about this all, all around the world where they're pushing the kids to get vaccines without even the parents knowing. How, how crazy is that stuff? But it is... Very Orwellian, a lot of these conversations we're having that they're they're beyond 1984. I mean, metaphorically, right? I mean, they're like, ooh, ooh, ooh we've got to have a new follow-up to Orwell 2050. What the hell does that look like? Well, we're already seeing it in 2021, or Orwellian 2021, and a lot of the things we thought we'd never see in our lifetimes. And we're seeing it. And we're seeing it. It's scary how the manipulation of media, and to be clear with you, this went way beyond Trump. This is way beyond him. I mean, you knew they were having shits and fits for a long time with his Twitter feed. You knew that. Because Trump was, he was just out there. He was no, there was no bad, there was there was no cover on Trump. He just... He didn't know how to play the political games. He, he didn't have the experience of being a political buffoon. He was more like a regular cat. He was a business guy. He got up there and he didn't know. You know, again, I've referenced, you always remember when Paul Ryan was pointing out to him the things in the neighborhood out on the balcony there when he arrived in D.C. I mean, he was a novice, a novice in political circles. They knew that. And, and he just opened it all up. And said, and and the thing is, and that's where I kind of got along with Trump a little bit. I mean, I could sit in a lounge and have a talk with him, or we could, because he's a regular guy. And and that's kind of what I related. It's because I do the same thing with you all on radio. I say what's on my mind. And if you like it, great. And if you don't, too bad. That's the way Trump is. I understand that. I get it. I get it. The problem in political circles, when you're in political office, you kind of can't do that. (laughs) Well, you can, but you can't because they get to you. And you see how they played the game all the way through the the riots on the 6th and all of that, how that was exposed. And then they threw him off social media. And I'm getting to a point here. Uh, I am getting to a point. But all of that was part and parcel the way they kept firing back at Trump about the social media feed. You're being too loud. You're being too truthful. Stop putting the tweets out there. Now, I knew he was a bull in a China shop. And I can say that because China wasn't happy with him. (laughs) He was a bull in the China shop. And and that's what was happening. And people were uncomfortable. And the heat was getting turned on. And Trump was just being Trump. And and you heard a lot of us people say, well, let's just let Trump be Trump. Yeah. Well, I like it when people say they just let Malcolm be Malcolm. Terrific. Why can't we all be who the hell we are, man? Right? Why do we have to be something we're not? Let's just all get out loud. Right Now we can still be ladies and gentlemen, can't we? Of course we can. i respect your opinion. Just don't step on my opinion or I'll slap you in the head. You know? I laugh at people all the time on social media when they call me names or this or that. I don't ever respond to anything. It's like you can call me whatever. It doesn't matter to me. I don't lose a half a millisecond of anything. It's okay. I love free speech. I love diversity of opinion, diversity of thought. It doesn't matter. So the, the concept of Trump and throwing it out there really changed the stratosphere of the oligarchs and the social media. That was, that was the pivotal moment I'm gonna point out to you. And that's the point I wanna make right now. Trump was used as the poster child. If you can disbar, disband, deplatform, ridicule the president of the United States, well, hell, you could do it to anybody. I mean, there's no end in sight. You can, people said, I get people all the time, they're right about this, they say, well, they did that to a sitting president. Well, no shit, Sherlock. Yeah, they did. And if they can do it to him, well, they surely can do it to you and I. Who the hell are we? <laughs> I'm not the president, nor are you. Yeah, if they did it to him, they can do it to us. What do you think, people? Come on. And so there we have a problem. See, even you crazy people on the left who think it's cool that Trump doesn't have a Twitter account anymore. I pray one day that comes back and slaps you and hits you right upside the head. And they de-censor, de-platform you someday, the Marxist left because that's what's going to happen when the Marxists, if they get into power, they're coming right after you people. And and you media folks are who they're going to disband and disbar, because then you have a state-controlled media. So when I ask the question, does the government control the media, you see where I'm going with some of that? Well, there's a lot of ways you could answer that. And that's why I was intrigued with the question when I threw it out there on all the social media to see what people were thinking. You know, how how, how would America answer that question back? And it was interesting many of the comments, and we'll get to those listener comments shortly here. But this censorship thing and the deplatforming of the president, the sitting president of the United States, was a major deal. That had never been done before in our country, people. That was a first. I mean, there were a lot of historical firsts on Trump's watch, and that was certainly one of them. That was a historical first. But now that exposed everything. That pulled the bandage right off and told all of us that we're all in trouble because they're coming after all of us. Now, I've been having a lot of trouble in recent days with some social media. Now, listen, I don't throw a lot of crud out there. I think you probably know that if you follow me in any context on any media, I don't throw a lot of crud out there. I want to lift people up. I, I don't want to just throw darts and call everybody names all day long. I don't see what value that brings. Now, I'm going to call the, now, get, don't get me wrong. I have no problem with calling the political buffoons out. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting that. I think you got to call it as you see it, but I'm talking about you know the rest of it. I'm not out about damning everybody who's a Democrat or everybody who's an independent or a moderate. I don't see the value in that. We need to invite those people in here. We need to win them over. That's how we're going, That's how you're going to save America, right there. There's the plan. Don't keep pushing people away. You got to pull them in, and that's what I try to do here all the time. Actually, that's that's the game plan. Actually, because again, we've got to show them the vision of America that truly is that shining city. And that's the America we want to, we want to reserve and we want to preserve it for generations in the future for sure. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. And that makes our lives very much worth living and very noble uh, with that mission and goal in play here for sure. Uh, now with Trump being, Deplatformed, and then you see, I got a real uh, chuckle, and when I say chuckle, that means I I I I vomited on my own uh, phlegm. You know, that's what that means. Not really a chuckle. It made me sick when Facebook comes out and say, well, like the Facebook grand poo oh, po- poo the grand poo bar of Facebook, right? The Zuckerberg, the little Zuckerbergettes. They're no, another group in another smoky room over here. And they're saying, do we want to give Trump, remember that in the news cycle you've seen a couple of weeks back, you know? Are they going to give Trump his Facebook account back? And I was wondering if Trump would come out before then and say anything, but he didn't. And I was curious if he would, because if it was me, I would have had no patience for it. And I would have slammed them. I would have done a hit and run before I got to the intersection. <laughs> I would, Because I, I have no patience for that, none. And I would have called the, the Facebook people out, the, the Zuckerettes. I would have called them out, the Zuckerettes, out right away. I would say, take your Facebook account and stick it where the sun don't shine. I don't watch your damn account. But he didn't do that. I didn't hear from them. But that's what I would have said. I mean, based on the fact of how they've tried to all deplatform him, and then they say, well, someday we might give it back to you. we got to have the Zuckerettes decide that. Who do, you, who do these people think they are? And why are they controlling all of this, people? Why are they controlling our speech and our, our press and our media and our existence? Think about it. Why and how are they doing it? You know, I mean, this stuff makes me sick. It 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 infuriates me that we're we're still having to because I'm getting pushback right now with platforms like LinkedIn. Right now, I'm listen. I'm not just talking trash here. I don't just get on here and talk trash to you. Let's be clear. I mean, they're they're coming after all of us, and even 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 polit- programs that you don't hear much in the news about LinkedIn. You don't hear much about them. You hear about Facebook and Twitter, but not really LinkedIn. Like, you know, you don't see that in the headline news a lot. And right now they've tried to pull me off three, four times. They pulled a bunch of posts off. They don't like what we're posting, obviously. Well, they don't like a conservative platform and they don't like people who are pro-American and patriotic. And certainly they don't like people who have any respect for Trump, surely. And so then you kind of get into their sore spot. And what's happening now is we get no notifications at all. Nobody's seeing our stuff. So we, we keep posting, but like nobody's seeing it. So they've, it, back to the algorithms. Algorithms is nothing more than you got a screw there and you got a screwdriver. And you take the screwdriver, you stick it in the screw and you tighten that algorithm
5: until you shit.
1: And that's how you tighten that. You crank that son of a bitch down That's an algorithm right there. You see, we're not going to let you talk anymore. That's what that's what's happening. And we're seeing that myself on this. So yeah, I'm a little ripping pissed at the moment too about this whole social media business. Truth be told, and I'm not. I'm not trying to be a whiny little bitch to you. I'm just telling you the truth here. Carl, let me talk to you on the spot here. I know you. I've seen some of your comments on this, and I'll tell you what. I'm seeing more and more and more and more of this. And again, I I use Trump. He was he was the. Uh, the line of demarcation there. That's when it all happened was Trump. He was that pivotal moment when like you can deplatform the president? Well, <laughs> you can certainly deplatform the janitor and you could deplatform Malcolm and you could de-platform our listeners and who the hell else is up for. It? I mean, doesn't matter who they don't like what you're saying or how or who you are, you're done. Now we're seeing that all over the place now, but I think uh, you know, listen, I I we can talk about the answers in a moment, but this is a, this is a
4: crisis. This is a crisis. What do you say? Here it is in a nutshell, Malcolm. The MSN, the MSM, excuse me, they can lie better than you and I could ever tell the truth. So us being the everyday guys, you're a big guy, but you're not the MSM. You're not, you're not the biggest, biggest of the biggest. And the biggest of the biggest tell lies all the time. Well, they can do that. They, they spread it on. They tell it when it came to Trump, when they deplatformed Trump, you know, they said, oh, he violated our rules, our rules about violence. Well, what did he do violent? He didn't do anything that was based on, based on something that was based on something else, based on something else, based on January 6th. But what did he do? He didn't get a trial. He didn't get a jury. He didn't get any of that. They just, boom, you're done. Carl, that's My a great president. point.
1: Hold that thought. Right? No, hold on. That's a big point. He didn't get a. He didn't get a judge or a jury
4: or a trial.
1: Carl, that that is. You're you're so right. I mean, is it, Carl? Is this still America?
4: Well, it's not the America that I love. You know, I'm a mature man now. It's not the America I love. Uh, it, it's the America of communism. It's the America of socialism. It's the America that they're fighting for, and you and I. And everybody else on your platform, of course, we're fighting for America. We're fighting for our free America, the America that we love, the America that we grew up in. When, when I was a kid, Malcolm, I learned one thing real quick. You can't tell a lie on somebody. If you say something about somebody, you better damn well have the proof. You couldn't you could just go and say, my teacher slapped me upside of the head and not have any proof. You couldn't just go say anything that you wanted about anybody and get them canceled. You know, and it, if, if Walter Cronkite came on air and he said all the things that Anderson Cooper would say about Donald Trump, he would have been fired. He, he would have been sued. The network would have been sued. They all would have been sued. There was something back then that I remember words like slander, defamation of character. You couldn't just say these things without proof. They would sue the hell out of you. But now, now I have to read something to you really quick. OK, all right. OK, so. On December 29th of 2012, Barack Obama signed H.R. 4310, the 2013 National Defense Authorization Act. People say, oh, well, what does that got to do with anything? OK, here's what it has to do with everybody. Section 1078 of the bill authorizes the use of propaganda inside the U.S., which had previously been banned since 1948 when the smith smith Munt Act was passed. Now, why did he do that? Why did he do that? Why did he suddenly legalize propaganda?
1: Mm. Mm. You know, and it's it, being used. that is a great point to bring up. I've heard that said now, Carl, a handful of times to me. That was in 2012, you say, right? Correct. Yeah. And what was that called again? The official
4: name of that, please. Uh, the the 2013 National Defense Authorization Act. Right. Right. And it was to make propaganda cool again. Is that it? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so they snuck that into the bill. And of course, you know, there was some Republicans, you know, they had to all get in on it, too, because they're afraid they're not going to get reelected, whatever. But, you know, I have posted this time and time on Twitter, and it, people just go into shock. What? What? You know, I never heard the word propaganda. I was a kid. I didn't even, I, I don't know if you did. But when I was a kid, I never heard the word propaganda. Never, never in my propaganda? life. What no. the hell was propaganda? When I first heard it, Malcolm, yeah. is when I went to meet my My grandparents in Italy in 1978, and the kids had been around a lot of Americans, but all they heard was Mm -hmm. things about America, Mm -hmm. propaganda. And one of the kids said to me, propaganda. And I just looked at him like, what? Mm -hmm. And, you know, know, because I I had no clue what propaganda was. Propaganda.
1: Yeah, propaganda. Um, uh, No, it's, uh, you don't, you never did hear that uh, growing up, but so much has changed uh, since then. I want to, that bill you just talked about in 2012, and Carl, you're so good to bring that up and reflect on it right here at the moment here. Um, Kathy, let's uh, come in here, please, with us, Carl and I, and that that bill in 2012, please, with uh, Obama. Uh, How much you know about that? Uh, I've now heard that. That has come up on my radar uh, multiple times. I'm so glad Carl just presented it. It is sort of a uh, eye opener. And the fact, again, a lot of these bills that are passed and approved, America would be shocked to know what's in most all of this. Uh, we, you know, the things that are being written, because it's all done in the dead of night. Nobody really knows what the hell they're signing into law. But we're called, we could all be assigned to be walking zombies soon enough. I mean, based on the legislation these jackasses are passing. What do you make of that? What do you know about that 2012 with Obama? And do you remember any part of that?
5: Yeah, actually, I do. But before I get into that, I just want to say, as a former building contractor, your analogy with the screwdriver really helped me a lot to understand (laughs) algorithms. That's
1: how I look at it, Kat. That's how I look at it. Yeah.
5: I, uh, I feel it. like you're the
1: tightening me up kathy like with the right there and I feel like I can't breathe you know don't, let me out man and I, I get really incensed about it kathy
5: <laughs> that was classic and by the way while you were talking I did look up the app mm-hmm. that we talked about earlier um and there there are lots of them coming out now but wow. in Riverside county just to give uh, give you a, a concept of what these are about it's a mobile app. That where people can take a picture of somebody who's not wearing their mask or who's doing whatever it is they deem inappropriate, they can take a photo of that person, send it with their address into the government. It's, it's Riverside County, California is where this particular app is located. But yeah, they definitely exist. So to get to, to, to what Carl was saying, and I just loved uh, what he had to say. And I'm, you know, I was familiar with that by the way, but have not heard too many people talk about that. And I'm so glad he bought, brought that up because no. I'm hearing now, and I'm going to have to do some research on this, Malcolm. Uh, the NDAA is in the news right now, and I'm not sure exactly what part of it is making news, but I'm going to have to do that research. Uh, cause that's interesting that, that, mm-hmm. that, uh the particular item that he's talking about, as far as propaganda goes, was in the NDAA. I'm I'm surprised, but I do want to put a little bit of positiveness uh, into what this whole discussion is kind of about, because, as you know, and I know you're always shocked when I tell you I was a flaming liberal um, in, in Kathy, California.
1: Stop. You make me sick every time you say that. <laughs> I have a hard well, time wrapping that around <laughs> my brain here that you were a flame and, and you don't even just say liberal, you say flame in front of me and that tells me, oh my God.
5: Well, I was highly indoctrinated. Wow. So that's how good they are. But here's the thing, and I was brought up conservatively. So now I was very young, obviously, but, but it, it, it's, it's perfect because I really do know how these things uh, work okay. and how successful right. they can be. But the good news is this, And anybody who studies the socialism uh, uh, to to communism, when it becomes the full blown communism, there's something that occurs in between there. And that is that all the liberals who have been indoctrinated slowly start waking up, as I did uh, many decades ago. So this is not a new thing (laughs) for me, but. What happens to them is that they feel so lied to and so cheated and so scammed that they are the angriest of all that turn against the left. And liberals are quite different than the left. Everybody uh, needs to really make that distinction. Liberals just want to help their fellow man. The left wants to destroy them. So as yeah, a there's li- a difference
1: between the Marxist left and the a Democrat liberal, you're saying. Yeah,
5: correct. Yes. And, and I was a Democrat flaming liberal. <laughs> OK, so, so you were in the uh, middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say that. Um, but here's the point Go ahead. is that and this has been proven throughout history as societies move from uh, from socialism to that real hardcore communism is that. The liberals are the ones that get thrown into the gulags first because they are the angriest and they Mm. um, they fight back the hardest because they feel that they've been so lied to. And just to give you a quick example, this just happened to uh, if you recall that Vogue editor, a gal who had come up the ranks. And finally became editor of Vogue. And I think, I believe she yeah. was in her late 20s. Yeah. A very young woman, very liberal-minded, obviously. And uh, a post came up that she had, had, had put out there when she was only 17, and it was racist in nature. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, well, what isn't anymore? But it was... <laughs> it, 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 but it, I believe it used the n word. I think okay. I
1: remember this, yeah, yeah.
5: and yeah. And they got rid of her, yeah, okay. I guarantee if we were to get her on the program, Ooh. she would be so angry. Mm and have a lot of things wow. to say. Well,
1: let me say this. I'm, that is a great point to bring up. Number one, I want to charge you with getting her on the program here, number one, Kathy. Number two, you know, I just got a great idea, actually. Uh, and I, I need to put it out here right now for listeners. And you've now reminded me again about the flaming Liberal thing. And that's very, very fascinating. I want to start an action plan, Kathy. And have you helped me head that up about how to attract the, democrat the left democrat left. The, the, that's exactly it. What you would have been, not the Marxist left. Now there's a difference here, which you've just pointed out very very well. How do we get more of the independents, moderates, just left of center? The the liberal Democrats. You know, we have, there's no problem. America has room for that. America has room for Democrats, Republicans, left of center, right of center, center, absolutely people. Again, please understand, this isn't, you know, our way or the highway. It is when it comes to Marxist and communism and America conservative constitutionalism, there is a difference there, people. What I'm talking about America, there is room in that middle aisle for many, many people here. And we need to be clear on that, okay? All right, so uh, we need to create an action plan because it's really on my heart to bring more of those people on. And I don't wanna alienate them. And I ask you all, and I'm gonna ask you all again right now. I want you to do me a favor, please. All of everybody listening right now, please. Can you do this for me, please? I don't ask you for much but I'm going to ask you now, and, and, that, and this will put Carl and Kathy on the, on, the, on the spot too as well, okay? Tomorrow, would you bring someone else to listen in? Our listeners, we have a great group of listeners every day that listen into the program, but, I, but I'm going to ask you, I want to double the audience and I want to then triple the audience. You follow me? But what we got to do, all I need you to do is bring in one other person every day. Just bring in one more person. Just invite somebody to the program, please. And if it's an independent a moderate leftist, that's even better, right? But just keep inviting people in to the voice of a nation, please. And invite them into America Out Loud, surely. But just all I need you to do is bring one person. Even if it's one person every couple days, just do that for me, okay? That's how we expand and make this grassroots on fire. We'll create a forest fire of opportunities here. Set the whole damn thing on fire, okay? All right? That's how we do it. And back to what Kathy says, we get to find the right tone and uh, the right consistency to be able to talk to all folks, all Americans. Uh, that's important, people here, and with the overarching fight of good and evil and what's ahead for all of us here. Uh, so let, let me make that point to you all now. And I'm not just talking here superficially. This is going to be vitally important moving forward here for sure. Now, what's also vitally important is, you know, we talked about, you heard some of the early conversation, uh, conversation about vaccinations always come up and Kathy's saying, well, they actually have these apps. That's another thing that's gone under my skin. I want to expose some of those apps, Kathy, make a note of that as well on the backside, please that I wanna expose some of those. I wonder how some of those are not deplatformed actually and thrown the hell off, uh, or at least why we don't expose them to the American people who these uh, um, you know, <clears throat> these horrible laps are, these organizations who are doing this. Um, it's important we expose all of that. <clears throat> the other thing I wanna to bring to your attention is this conversation of forced vaccination as coming a conversation really of COVID and being healthy, you know, uh, I just myself went through personally, having not had COVID myself, and you may or may not know, but it just happened to me uh, just in the last uh, a couple of few weeks here, okay? And I experienced it myself firsthand, okay? And I went through the whole process, and I want to point out to you, I'm going to be talking about this uh, on air for the first time and the only time, probably, uh, this week. And I'm going to be doing it with Dr. Peter McCullough, uh, the, the best and the brightest in our nation. And that, that show is going to air on Thursday, by the way. Uh, And depending if you listen to this on podcast on demand, it'd be Thursday, the 27th of June. But you can hear it on demand as well. If you go to the voice of a nation, if it's far after the fact, you hear this program. Okay, you got to speak in that because we're talk radio and then we're podcast as well. But if you listen to this on talk radio, on America, our loud talk radio, it will be Thursday. You'll hear that story. And it's going to be quite eye opening as we get into that. And we got some pretty interesting stuff we're going to talk about and expose on their program on Thursday. Both Thursday and Friday this week are going to be some exceptional programming you want to tune into. Don't miss them. Actually, those would be a couple of good shows to invite those people I mentioned just a moment ago here. But the other thing I want to bring you all up front here and explain to you is here, you know, you hear me talk about Healthy Cell quite a bit on the platform here. A healthy cell is an amazing uh, company, first of all, because their product gets to the health of your cells. There's a new product they have out, and I want to bring it to your attention because, you know, how you combat COVID, and is going to come back to your immune system. If you're going to have a good immune system, it means your cells have got to be healthy. Okay, that, that I'm just speaking to you in layman's terms here. Okay, this is just me speaking here. Healthy cells is how you fight anything. It's how you, I, like, I don't normally ever get sick. It, it may not prevent you getting the germ or the problem, but it will help you in how your system fights it. Does that make sense, right? And it doesn't prevent the germ from invading your body, right? Or that virus or whatever the, hey, hey it is, but how you're fit to put that fight forward is key. Now, COVID is the kind of disease that can knock you down, but any flu can knock you down. Any virus can knock you down. All kinds of things can knock you off your game, people. Let's be clear, not just COVID. I'm don't run. i not one of these chicken littles running around in the sky is falling on COVID land. I don't live my life in fear, and I don't live under a rock. And I'm not going to play that game with the mask and the restaurants and the people. It's all rubbish and the vaccine business. It's a personal decision somebody's got to make. I'm real simple on this. I have a very simple philosophy. Do what the hell you want to do and I'll do what the hell I want to do. Other than that, move along and move the conversation. It's none of your business, okay? None of my business what you do, period. It's a very simple philosophy. You ought to try it sometime. It works, okay? These people who run around wanting to mandate everybody for doing what they do or pushing things, that's a bad road, people. That's a bad road that only leads us down somewhere you do not want to go. And these airlines and these others who are pushing back on that right now, people, you better stand up and not play that game. Telling you now. Because this vaccine is only the first thing they're coming after you with. There's plenty more. Back to your cells. I I digress. It's important we stay healthy for, for our lives, for our fight forward. Like even Carl and Kathy who are on the line, they need to be taking healthy cells. We all need to be taking it, but there's a new product they've got out, which I think is absolutely amazing. Do you remember when this COVID thing started to talk about, you started hearing about the uh, elderberry and the zinc and all of these, you know, the and all of these, the D, vitamin D and A and all of these things, because what they do is they improve your immune system and it helps you fight off these viruses and germs and diseases that you can pick up. Let's face it, you know, it's the way it is in the world right? You don't have to be a germaphobic to get this stuff. It happens. Okay. So having a healthy immune system is important in layman's terms. Okay. You all agree with that, I hope. And the health of your cells is vitally important. That's where healthy cell comes in. The new product is for, it's called Immune Super Boost. Immune Super Boost. It's unbelievable. It's scientifically Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, who I'm going to get on the program, by the way, here at some point, I promise you to talk to us all. He is the guy who really, the founder, who come up with all this stuff. And uh, this new product has got all that stuff in there to improve your immune system. So it's different than the main product because it's called Immune Super Boost. I just started taking it and I love it. And it's a gel. It's a gel you put in water or just take the gel. You can uh, eat the gel plant. I mean, it tastes perfectly good. Nothing wrong with it. Uh, It's berry flavor and different things like that. So, But again, you take the gel or put it on something, but it improves your your immune system and your health of your cells is the point here. So anyways, I made my point. You make the decision for you. Here's the message. When you hear the break just now, you'll hear a message. All of our listeners, only our listeners, get 20% off your first order. Just our listeners. It's a special. Got to use the code OUTLOUD. And it's got to be, uh, just click any of the banners back at AmericaOutloud.com. If you go to any post, you'll see a horizontal burner, banner uh, below the article. And you can click that or uh, uh, you know anywhere on the site. Or just type in healthycell.com forward slash out loud. You'll hear that in the break there. And I needed to share that with you. It's important. You'll start hearing more of our network on this product because we know it's important and it saves lives. And my, my fellow Americans, we're all about saving lives and we're all about the quality of life. So do yourself a favor, get this immune super boost and get Healthy Cell, period and be more productive all of us should be a lot more to talk about on that and we'll have time ahead here uh we're gonna take a pause here i know i'm long-winded today and i'm always digressing but we're getting somewhere the car's still moving forward down the road here we'll take a pause we'll see you on the other side here
0: listen to malcolm the voice of a nation on iHeartRadio or our
3: free apps on apple android or alexa because of covid19 the average american worries about their immune health four times a day That's 112 times per year. To minimize the worries, leading nutritional supplement company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost, an immune supplement that contains 15 full doses of science-backed nutrients, like vitamin C, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea, all in a -a one-a-day, pill-free gel pack. It tastes great, is convenient on the go, and it's more natural, too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Supporting a strong and resilient immune system can be simple. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Immune Super Boost. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off.
1: As we celebrate our five-year anniversary, America Out Loud is expanding its mission through a newly designed website with a host of new contributors, all carrying a vibrant message of hope and survival for this country we love. AmericaOutLoud.com Together, we'll secure the future for generations to come. to voice of a nation here we are talking about does the government control the media how do you answer that some people answer that or then they or they rephrase the question they say well or does the media control the government So they make that an affirmative so i don't know it, it is kind of a bit of an oxymoron isn't it does the government control the media or does the media control the government well the post i put out of the message it had a graphic Does the government control the media? That was the graphic, okay? And here was my post. They were once referred to as the fourth estate, kind of a check and balance, if you will, for the three branches that make up the federal government. Well, 61% of Americans now think that the media is not doing well at being objective and nonpartisan. Hmm. (laughs) That was the post I put out with that graphic does the government control the media so what i want to do is i want to get into some listener comments now and i want to throw that around a little bit with everybody with well with uh, with you all out there and with kathy and carl as well here who are here team nation as we slay this thing and uh let's just let me just come through some of these comments and then kathy carl whoever has a thought or an idea just speak up uh, or as we always say oh, forever hold your peace right <laughs> And uh, so let's open up the lines here and let me bring in some listener comments from you. So, all right, here are some of the comments on this. Does the government control the media? So uh, some of the people, I'll just say one word of their handle. Like, so this particular one, Sunshine, says, this only means one thing. You question the media and you are a de facto racist, a white supremacist, hater of free speech. Wow. That's a message. What do you think, Carl, Kath, what do you think of that?
4: I think it's, I think it's correct what she's saying, or I guess sunshine, assuming it's a she, uh, I think it's correct. You say anything against it and you're a racist, you're a hater. You know, they control everything. They control what you're saying because their opinion counts. It counts to all these people on Facebook and Twitter and all these other social medias. Oh, so-and-so said so-and-so and and we're the big media. So therefore it is. You mean the the opinion
1: of the media you're talking, I mean, they have a, yes, Right. They have yes. a vested interest in the outcome of this, right?
4: Always, always. And as far as the government controlling the media or the media controlling government, it, it's both, really. It's it, it's both. Because if you tick off the media, then they're going to hurt you in a way that you might not get as many voters next time around. You know, it was the same with Trump, you know, ticking them off in a just way. He did. He was just exposing them is what he was doing. It wasn't, I don't think it was his intention to just tick them all off. It was just him exposing them, him just begging them, please tell the truth. Let's go back to the day, you know, and tell the truth. That's what well, Tr- Trump for. was
1: good at playing people like a yo-yo. Uh, so uh, what he would do, I find, Carlos, he would throw comments out there and uh, he would he would just, you know, he'd throw these like one off comments. And, and sometimes I think he did it. Kathy, don't, don't you think Trump did that sometimes just to get a rise out of people?
5: Well, first, I'd like to call Carl a sexist for thinking sunshine is a she. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: that's true. That's true. In yeah. today's Case world, in that point. could be... Yeah, yeah. Point. Yeah.
5: Well, uh, <laughs> so to get back to your point, um, <laughs> we've talked on the show before, Malcolm, about um, that the fact that uh, Trump is pretty much, in my opinion, our modern-day swamp fox. And he does things that are just not... The norm. And some of it, I think, is intentional. And I think others, you know, he does. I don't think he realizes he's walking into a hornet's nest, uh, but he shouldn't have to care is the point. And even 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 talking about this means that we've been conditioned to believe that everything we say isn't allowable. Mm-hmm. And it bothers me a lot because uh, we shouldn't care what Trump says. It's more important what he does, in my opinion.
1: Well, all this is very Orwellian to your point, Kathy. It truly is. It's Orwellian. I mean, it gets it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable uh, because of it. This other uh, uh, person here, Kathy's concerned mom is her handle, says, I would not say entirely to the question I asked there. My guess is the arrogant globalist who seek to rule the world are investing a great deal of money to control everything. What do you say to that, Kat?
5: Oh, she's absolutely right on. Concerned mom is. Uh, knows w- what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, these globalists, they're, they have an agenda. There's no question about it. And part of that agenda is controlling the media so that we do get propagandized properly. That's what we're seeing going on.
1: Yeah, uh, another one, Go- Gooberry, I guess it is, says uh, it's everywhere around the globe. Media is controlled by the government. So they're saying the media is controlled by the government opposite of that question. Is that true or false?
5: Uh, Yeah, I think it's very true.
1: Absolutely. So you think, is it, well, let me ask you this now. Let's get, because a lot of people brought this up. Is it the government controlling media or the media controlling government, Kat?
5: Well, that's actually being answered as we speak by a lawsuit (laughs) that was uh, brought by Dr. Shiva. Um, and, and and he's out of Massachusetts for those who don't know and he ran for office and and felt like there was cheating going on and so he started uh, this big lawsuit he was he was banned from Twitter actually in, in the midstream of his campaign mm-hmm. and so he took it upon himself he's otherwise known as the father of uh, email also by the way just so people know kind of I mean, the guy is just, Brilliant. But uh, he was on uh, Steve Bannon's War Room today talking about this lawsuit, and I'd never heard of it. But it basically addresses this whole question because um, the government, according to him, is using Twitter, which is a private company. I mean, that's what we're told, right? And the government is using them to do something unconstitutional, which is to silence our free speech or political speech in this case. And so this lawsuit that he has filed, it just got a hearing on the 20th of of May. So it's extremely timely. Hmm. But what they're saying here is that he's not even arguing about Twitter's terms of service. What he's arguing about is that the government is basically using Twitter to launder uh, the... Uh, uh the the just to launder all the speech through them
1: well then that if that's the, the case then government would control the media based on that
5: uh, right yes exactly the government controlling the which media. is the
1: question i initially threw out there right yes all right, all right. interesting
5: i mean that uh, addresses that and the other way is a whole nother yeah. argument but
1: that's right. That's right. And, and both can be true. It doesn't have to be uh, absolute. And I, I do think there's more to talk about on that Shiva down uh, here, that lawsuit and all of that. You're, you're right to bring that up. Uh, and by
5: the way, if I could say this one more thing, six, I believe it's six families own all of the media globally. Right. Right. right? So yeah. that tells us a lot right there. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I ain't one of
1: them. <laughs> uh, so uh screaming butterfly says so the question uh, again does the government control the media uh, they say and i'm not going to be section say it's a him or her that could be a male screaming <laughs> butterfly too obviously i'm not going to play the carl trap here uh this was screaming butterfly says worse corporations do what do you
4: say to that carl well that's a possibility as well you know they they want their breaks. They want their money. So corporations tend to, you know, lean toward whoever's going to support them. So, it, it, you know, one hand constantly feeds the other, doesn't it? So that's, of course, I think, yeah, absolutely. Big corporations, unions—they all yeah. go hand in hand.
1: I guess so. There's some really juicy comments here. Let me get to a few more here. <laughs> uh, to, oh yeah, some good ones here. And and Kathy, to your point here, this next one, Doris uh, says. I think the media controls the government, opposite of the question I throw out there, and here's to the point, those six corporations that own 90% of it, the Democratic Party media, right? Wow. There's yeah. what to your point. That's what She's you- She's right of, on. Right? That's Absolutely. What, that's what Doris says, yeah? Yeah, keep uh,
5: Doris, I agree.
1: <laughs> okay, another <laughs> one says the Democrats do. To the question again: Does the government control the media? The sent, and uh, another one says, "Oh, here we go." Blunt says, um, "George Soros and his money does with the help of government." You know, you can't get by without George Soros's name coming in with anything, can't don't you? You know,
5: mm-hmm.
1: you know. I've never wished anybody dead as much as I've wished him. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't <laughs> say, say that. He just keeps hanging I? in there. Carl, is it proper to say what I just said? sure forget i go. said it but... let him go no
4: i mean you know it, you know you have to recognize evil where it stands and, s- and some people are just plain old evil and you know mm-hmm. wish him dead wish him well you know i say take him mm-hmm. take him away god take him away
1: take him away. Know, that's a better way to say it actually he's what like 100... him
4: to a happy place but take him away
1: H- happy place he's what like 120 years old yeah he's
5: actually late 80s yeah and when you say a happy
1: place carl is that a place where you got a little fire just underneath your ass
4: (laughs) well i'll leave that i'll leave that up to god's uh decision right there but uh i know a lot of people want to condemn people i hear them all the time on twitter i hope so-and-so gets dragged straight to hell and i think wow that's just (laughs) that's just mean (laughs) But, but uh yeah, I have to admit that uh, George Soros would be one that. Yeah, uh, he got dragged straight to hell at least for a little while. Yeah, and I think he'd be well deserving. Well deserving of it. He's evil, uh, along with Nancy Pelosi. I have to kick her in there too, Well,
1: sir. she would. De- well, she'd be driving the car there. She'd be on the car yeah. drive there. <laughs> she she has frequent flyer miles there, Carl. Frequent flyer for sure. Um, now, they would Lynn, take
4: her limo anyway.
1: Lynn Lynn says. Uh, n- no, the media controls the government. A lot of people flip that question around, actually. Uh, she says it's both ways. They are both in love with each other. It's sickening, toxic, and destroying America. Well, you all agree with that, right? Oh, Absolutely. definitely.
5: Absolutely. Right,
1: there it is. Uh, Dave says, this one. This handle I like, Dave's not here. I love that handle. Uh, so his name's Dave, but he's not here, really. Uh, the globalists <laughs> control the media. If the government does not does what they want, does what they want, they are supported. If the government doesn't, a.k.a. Trump, they turn against the incumbent. Welcome to the new world order. The globalists are trying to engineer it any way they can. Wow. That's a mouthful, isn't it? From Dave, huh? Interesting. Yes. And I, mean, it's, it's,
3: I think cr- he's referring controlled.
5: to the Rockefellers and all and all that. But just to your point about Soros, I got I, and, and everybody who brings it up, you got to keep in mind he's got a son and the son has the absolute same agenda, same thinking, everything. So that's not going to stop with his death. So I hate to yeah. break it to anybody.
1: Yeah. but RJ says 61 percent not not doing well. He <laughs> says, I, that, that was the comment that I, I uh, that was in the uh, post. Uh, uh, what, 61% of Americans now think that the media is not doing well at being objective <laughs> and nonpartisan, right? So, mm-hmm. so they were 61% not doing well. Are there are there, that many indoctrinated people? MSM is no longer independent, let alone objective. Vast majority is no less than the propaganda apparatus of the Democrat globalist cabal with their Marxist liberal underlinks on the same level as Stalin, uh, the machine, the Nazis are speaking of. We hear a lot about that today, don't we? Mm-hmm. A lot of yeah, similarities between the, that movement of the Nazis, a lot of people are feeling what's happening in America, huh?
5: Oh, for sure. I, I personally think 61% is a pretty high number. I'm happy to see that to be quite honest.
1: That, that is good that way you're, okay, all right, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, someone else. Someone tells else. Says, me
5: people are waking up.
1: Well, hopefully you're right. Gath. Someone else says China controls them. A lot of people believe that, too. Sleeper cells. Uh, a few last comments. No, I think they are in a liberal fog uh, is another one here. Democrats control the media. Republicans seem to have no pull with the media. Well, I think that's a true statement. Uh, It's a partnership, really, someone else says. I mean, and see, a lot of people felt it was a partnership with the government and the media. And I guess it would have to be, my friends, in order to have this uh, takeover that's happening with the fourth estate, which is pretty sick. Someone else also questions here, only 61%. um, And uh, other people reference, what a mess. Uh, there are so many interesting comments here, which we don't have time to get to them all, but I find it fascinating to get the flow of how people really feel and, and how they uh, take this thing. You know, what they, when, when you ask a question like that out there, it's remarkable the way people respond. Uh, either way, no matter how you slice it, uh, we're in a heap of trouble, and very much so when it comes to the media, my, my fellow Americans, uh, because there is no truth out there uh, we're, we're, we're uh, struggling with trying to get there. That's why it's important, uh, the work we're doing here. Uh, listen, you, you need to understand uh, from my heart to your heart and, and from my brain cells to yours, or better said, from my healthy cells to your healthy cells. Uh, that's why it's important we do the work we do here. Uh, getting the message out at America Out Loud is, is the, the, the biggest thing we can do to make that difference right now from my vantage point. Uh, we're a grassroots movement of patriots and people who love America, love our constitution. Our show hosts, our writers, everyone back at America Out Loud are incredible people, incredible voices. We are blessed to be on the good fight here uh, and to be bringing this forward. So what I would ask you to do, beside inviting somebody every day into the network and into the voice of a nation, also invite them to AmericaOutLoud.com in general, please, Please tell people about the good word out there and the work we're doing here on our platform. My fellow Americans, thank you. What a great program and thank you for being part of it. And thank you to all of our team nation and, and what a great, uh, uh, great opening. If you missed that first uh, part of the program with uh, Bernie Jacques, uh, the DeSantis appointee to the Judicial Nominate Commission attorney running for the Florida House of Representatives, go listen to it on podcast and make sure you hear that he was remarkable. What a, what a great uh, broadcast and program here. Uh, thank you again. And remember, friends, it's time to get involved and get loud.